And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man behind you? Let's call. I met him at the lunch, you man. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Masked Avenger. Uh, This is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Fellas, think we could listen to the radio or something? Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, it's the conclusion to My Friend Irma, starring Marie Wilson from 1948. Then Orson Welles walks us through the Black Museum for a dramatized account of a true crime case from the files of Scotland Yard. By my side is my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? What's up, Carl? Hey, what's happening in Hollywood? So the 90th Academy Awards are coming up. Wow, 90. Right? Yeah. March 4th. What was that first one like when you went there? Yeah, it was a while back, but, yeah. you know. Was it in Hollywood? Yeah, it okay. was in Hollywood. So yeah. I've been going to them for 90 years. Wow. So um, it's been a lot of fun you for me. You look great. Thanks. That's yeah. what I've heard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, all right, so, 90th, the 90th this Academy This is going Awards. to be in the Dolby Theater in Hollywood, yeah. and the host will be the same host as we had last year, which will be... Mm, I think it was... He does a late-night talk show, right? That is true. Um, Give me his initials. J.K. Um, Sorry, Rowling. <laughs> J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling. Yes, yeah. yes. It's either an author or a late night host. Yeah, Let's Jimmy go Kimmel. With He's Jimmy good. Kimmel. I like him. He's a great host. Yeah. Um, he will be doing this again. So I guess he did a good enough job last year. Yeah. He's, he still has the job. Um, they will honor the best films of 2017. And here's the thing: I'm embarrassed to tell you, I've only seen. Two movies out of the list what of is the list? Best Picture. Let me hear So it. I'm just going to do Best Picture. All right. Okay. Dunkirk. Oh, I saw that. Okay. That's going to win. All right. Well, we'll mm-hmm. see. Okay. The Shape of Water. No. Darkest Hour. No. The Florida Project. No. Lady Bird. No. Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Oh, now that. Did you see good. it? No. No, it does it's, look good. It's not out yet. I think it just came out or it's coming out. And that looks good. It does. Yeah, uh, but I'm still going to go with Dunkirk. Get Out. I yeah, saw I that. saw that. Okay. But that's not going to win. Battle of the Sexes. No. Call Me By Your Name. And The Big Sick, which uh, people are I all about. I did not see that, but that's supposed to be good. It. All right, so it's I'm, not t- a Carl I'm telling movie. you right now, okay? Take it to the bank. All right. Dunkirk. All right. Well, we, I will hold you to that. Even though I, I saw the movie and I saw it in IMAX and the whole nine yards and it was an amazing movie. But a lot of it, I didn't understand what they were saying. They had very you know, thick English accents. It was a pretty uh, shoot 'em up movie, and it wasn't the movie. I did not choose to see uh, that movie. It was an incredible, Christopher Nolan directed. I know. Incredible movie, but I wish they had subtitles when the English people are talking. I don't know if it's because, like me, their dentures don't have the good polydent or what. It's probably that. You know, where it's a yeah. shocker, like, just a lot. You know, like, sh- 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 they talk like just a lot. Mm-hmm. 
And I couldn't understand what they were saying. Well, maybe you weren't the only one who yeah. felt that. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Or maybe my hearing's going. That could be, too. I'm getting older. That could be it. Yeah, but anyway, so take it to the bank. So we will see. Dunkirk. All right. Mark my words. I will mark your words, Carl. All right. We were tuning in to my friend Irma last time, and so we're going to have the conclusion right now. I mean, that wouldn't be fun to play half of it and not the other half, right, Lisa? That would, wouldn't be wouldn't right. wouldn't be fair to our listeners. It wouldn't. So let's go back to March 15th, 1948. The conclusion now to my friend Irma. Al. <laughs> Al, how is Louie? Chicken, prepare yourself for a shock. Louie is dead. <laughs> You'll never hear his golden voice again. Oh, Al, what do we do? Irma, who is this Louie? Uh, just an old friend. Uh, go back to your washing, Jake. Well, all right, Al, but stay off the phone now. Call me if it rings. Oh, Al, now Jane will find out the phone is disconnected. Maybe I ought to tell her. No, chicken, that phone has a long cord. She'll strangle the two of us. <laughs> Got to resort to what is known in the trade as a fast shuffle. What do you mean, Al? We'll ring the alarm clock, you grab the phone, and pretend you're talking to Richard. When Jane comes out, you hang up and give her the message. Gee, Al, are, are we doing the right thing? Can't tell till we see how it turns out. But Richard is to tell Jane whether Mr. Teichman should buy or sell. What shall I say? Either one, chicken. Can't stop to become financial experts when our lives hang in the balance. Here goes the alarm clock. Hello? What was that? Uh, just the phone ringing. What? Uh, Richard? Yes, Richard. Richard, Irma, give me the phone. All right, Richard. Uh, goodbye, Richard. Irma! What's the matter with you? Why didn't you let me talk to him? Uh, he was in a hurry. It was his last nickel. <laughs> uh, but he gave me a message. Chicken. Uh... Richard gave you the message from Mr. Teichman? Yes. Gee, that's strange. Well, tell me, was Mr. Teichman to buy or to sell? Yes. <laughs> yes what? Uh, yes, uh, he wants Mr. Teichman to sell. Are you positive? Of course I'm positive. Sell. S-E-L. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, if that's his message, I better get over to Mr. Teichman. Hand me the phone, Al. I'll call a cab. Uh, we'll do it for you, Jane. How do you like that? This darn party line is always busy. Oh, dear. Well, I'll get a cab downstairs. That party line. Thank heavens we won't have to put up with this phone much longer. You can say that again. Well, Chicken, are you a little proud of the way I got us out of that spot? Oh, but, Al, Jane will try the phone sooner or later. Well, what can we do? But, uh... But, but maybe I can snip the cord with a pair of scissors. Then I can tell Jane the operator is cut off. No, <laughs> no, 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 Chicken. Well, maybe we can hang it out of the window. Jane always wanted an extension phone. Now forget it, Chicken. <laughs> we have survived the crisis. So long as Jane doesn't find out tonight, tomorrow morning you can apologize to the phone company and they'll restore the service. And Jane will never be the wiser. Oh, Al, you're so wonderful. You put so much confidence in my mind that it makes my head feel like the Rock of Gibraltar. Oh, hello, Jane. Everything uh, taken care of? Yeah. Yeah, I saw Mr. Teichman on his yacht. Of course, he's a little surprised that Richard wants him to sell, but he's given orders to unload. He just left on an overnight cruise. Well, that takes care of that. Jane, how about going with Chicken and I to a movie tonight? On me. On you? Well, sure. Things look pretty good. You know, March is a long month. I get five unemployment checks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Al. Come in. 
Excuse me for bothering you so late, girls, but I've got a terrible toothache. Oh, that's too bad, Professor. Oh, that Mrs. O'Reilly. I never should have made up with her. Tonight she had to bake me an angel cake. I think she left a harp in it. <laughs> Janie, could I please use your phone to call the dentist? Certainly. Uh, you can't talk, Professor. You've got a sore tooth. I'll get it for you. Oh, thank you, Al. Circle 8884. Right. How do you like that? That dame is still on this party line. Oh, well, it's about time someone told her off. Hand me that phone, Al. Oh, no, Jane. We'll be late for the movie. Give it to me, Al. I'll tell her. Hello. Hello. There's no one on here. There's not even a dial sound. This phone is dead. How do you like that? The, the dame talked the life right out of it. <laughs> Poor Louie. You're quiet, chicken. I can't understand this. Come in. Telegram for Miss Stacy. Oh, yes. Uh, I'll take it. Uh, here you are, boy. Thank you, miss. Yeah. I wonder who it's from. It's from Richard. Unable to reach you. Phone company says your phone has been disconnected since 3 o'clock. Imperative you notify Teichman to buy. To buy? Oh, Irma. Irma, Al, don't you dare move. I think I'll go to the dentist. <laughs> A sight like this I can't take without Novocaine. <laughs> Irma Peterson. Al, how could you do a thing like this to me? To Richard? To an innocent man like Mr. Teichman who will lose a fortune? Oh, we didn't mean it, Jane. You, you see, we went down to the phone company and I started to throw my weight around, but I didn't know it would land on you. Oh, Irma. <laughs> well, gee, it's, it's just one of those things, Jane. After all, it's, it's human nature for people to make mistakes, and Chicken and me, we're always going back to nature. <laughs> Good night, Al. Good night. Good night, chicken. <laughs> I I'm sorry, Jane. You're always sorry. You were sorry when you cut a hole in my coat so the moths could fly out. <laughs> you were sorry the time you put flypaper on the chair because I said I wanted Richard to stick around. <laughs> You put Paris green in the candy because St. Patrick's Day was coming. <laughs> You're always sorry. Now it's too late. I'll be fired in the morning and all on account of you. Good night, Irma. Don't ever speak to me again. Good night, Jane. Good night, Jane. at the office. Gotten all my things together so when Richard comes back and fires me, it won't take me long to make an exit. Although I've refused to speak to her, Irma's followed me to the office. She's sitting here looking like a cocker spaniel who's just chewed up the rug. <laughs> Jane, I'm sorry. Will you ever forgive me? Irma Peterson! Miss Stacy. 
Where's Mr. Rhinelander? Oh, well, you, you see, Mr. Teichman, Mr. Rhinelander's in Nebraska, but, but he thought... I know that... how he thought. He outthinks everybody. Yes, but... Everybody bought, but he was the only one who sold. So... I made a fortune. You made... It was a lucky day for me when I went with the Rhinelander Investment Company. Well, I'll see him later. I'm off to trade in my yacht. Who knows? I may even negotiate for the Queen Mary. I've made a killing. Goodbye. <laughs> Irma, I'm sorry. Will you ever forgive me? Oh, certainly, Jane. All of us can't be bright. <laughs> you know something? Right now, I'm in no position to argue with my friend, Irma. Folks, next Monday evening, listen again to... Our friend, Swan. With my friend, Irma. Frank Bingman speaking. My Friend Irma, presented by Swan, another fine product of Lever Brothers Company, was produced and directed by Cy Howard. Tonight's script was written by Cy Howard and Park Levy. Tune in next week, one hour earlier, and listen to the Lux Radio Theater, immediately followed by My Friend Irma. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. That's My Friend Irma, March 15, 1948, by or sell, starring Marie Wilson, along with Kathy Lewis, Hans Conrad, and John Brown, sponsored by Swan and Spry. Lisa uses both of those products. Swan soap and spry soap. That's what you use, right? I shower every once a, every once a month. <laughs> once I use so, that swan soap. Once a month, whether you need it or not, that's you what take I a shower do. with swan that's and spry. That's all you really need with swan soap. That's true. It's very long-lasting. It's very potent. It's served on CBS. Hope you enjoyed that. Let's take a break. When we come back, it's Orson Welles in the Black Museum. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari. This is Hollywood 360, and it's time now for the Black Museum. Let's go back to 1952. This is called The Sash Cord. It stars Orson Welles, part one of the Black Museum. This is Orson Welles, speaking from London. Black Museum, a repository of crime, of death by violence. Here in the bleak stone structure which is Scotland Yard, there is a warehouse of souvenirs, where ordinary objects, a briar root pipe, a dingy white glove, a lump of twisted sealing wax, all have a history of murder. This length of sash cord quite commonplace. You might see something like this in any window frame. Harmless-looking bit of rope. It seems so. Frayed at one end, cut all cleanly at the other. Just the right length to hook around a man's neck and twist. Today, that bit of sash cord can be seen in the Black Museum. From the annals of the Criminal Investigation Department of the London Police, we bring you the dramatic stories of the crimes recorded by the objects in Scotland Yard's Gallery of Death, the Black Museum. 
Now, the Black Museum, starring Orson Welles. Here we are, in the Black Museum, Scotland Yard's Museum of Murder. Outside these walls of blackened brick and slate is London, where since daybreak the river has borne an endless burden of traffic. On fog-shrouded bridges and in narrow streets, tens of thousands of pedestrians have jostled one another, all very much alive. But here, within this room, the connoisseurs of crime may see recorded for posterity in cabinets, in wooden trays, in jars, carefully labeled and preserved, the evidence of... Vindictive death. This sash cord, short piece of rope, grimy, frayed at one end, not remarkable in itself, yet it came from the stage of a famous theater in the city of Brighton, where Octavia Kenmore, actress manager, was concluding her annual engagement. The alley of that theater was like any other, a corridor of darkness between the street and the stage door. One September evening, a man came running out of the shadows, startling the doorkeeper who sat dozing in his chair. Mr. Carter, what's the trouble, sir? You'll find out soon enough. Operator, Sinjin Carter here, Mercury Theatre. Send an ambulance quickly. There's been an accident. One of our stagehands. He's lying unconscious in the alley. Hurry, please. Yes. One of the cast, Mr. Carter? Who is it? Tell me. It's Buckland. I can't bring him round. I tried. Jeff Buckland? Oh, Miss Kenmore will be terribly distressed. Stage carpenter with her for 20 years. I dare say she will. Hadn't we better go and lift him in, sir? Perhaps there's something could be done. No, no. It's better not to move him till the doctor comes. It may be serious. We wouldn't want to injure him, you know. A man found dead or dying. A phone call. Then the waiting. Over the crumpled figure stood old Tom Snellen, doorkeeper, and St. John Carter, leading man. Waiting. Waiting until an ambulance drew up in an inter and came to kneel beside Jeff Buckland. Which one of you called us? I did. You said the man was unconscious. I look to be. I'm no physician. This man's dead. Shot through the heart. You'd have done much better to have called the police. <laughs> police arrived and actors coming into the evening performance were questioned. The star of the play in the theater early as was her custom was left undisturbed. The constable at the door admitted a young plainclothes man. Inspector Mitchell. Yes, Jordan? Uh, one of the men found this, sir. Hidden under some rubbish in the alley. 32 caliber. Thank you. Oh, uh, Mr. Ellis. Attention now focused on David Ellis, stage manager in Miss Kenmore's troupe. Ever seen this pistol, Mr. Ellis? Why, yes, it's the one we use in the play. I keep it in my desk. Oh, the useful license for it. Uh, what sort of ammunition do you have? Oh, blank cartridges, of course. Thirty-two blanks. It's not loaded with blanks now. Bullets. And one chamber has been fired. I must warn you, Ellis. Anything you say henceforth will be written down and may be used as evidence. Well, you mean you're arresting Dave? But you can't. He never hurt anyone. Who are you, young lady? Miss Kenmore's secretary. My wife, Inspector. Oh, please, Lucy. But this is... Oh, Inspector, you don't understand. Jeff was our friend. He's been... Well, like a father to both of us. And while you stand here wasting time, the real murderer is getting farther that away. That will do, Lucy. I take it there's been some trouble. Please, sir, state your business and then leave. I can't have my theater disrupted 15 minutes before curtain time. Oh, Miss Kenmore. Now, Lucy, control yourself. 
Will someone be good enough to tell me what has happened? Certainly, Miss Kenmore. I had hoped it wouldn't be necessary to disturb you just at present. But one of your stagehands, Mr. Buckland, was found this evening outside... Octavia Kenmore, distinguished actress-manager, darling of the provinces. Equally adept at comedy or tragedy. Of course, I'm gravely shocked. Poor Mr. Buckland. A good and faithful servant, Inspector. Oh, but it is preposterous of you to suspect Mr. Ellis. My stage managers never kill people. In any case, I can't spare him. We ring up in ten minutes exactly. I'm extremely sorry, Miss Kenmore, but Ellis is a material witness. He must come to the station house for further questioning. It was his pistol It was that... my pistol. I own all the props used in my the place. The license is in his name. Legally, he is the owner. Then I demand that you release him in my personal recognizance. I'd like to do that, ma'am, but unfortunately your entire company is under surveillance and is only permitted to perform tonight. Ellis, you must come with me. Very well. Go with them, David. <laughs> Lucy and I will be down to see you. And the inspector, as soon as we possibly can. Thank you, Miss Kenmore. The police left the theater, except for certain constables on duty at the door. And in her dressing room, Octavia Kenmore made ready. Lucy, my child. Ah, oh, me. How weak a thing the heart of woman is. Come, don't be downcast. Oh, how can I help it, Miss Kenmore? With David in prison. Nonsense. He's only detained for questioning. He isn't charged with any crime. I'm thinking of Geoffrey Buckland, an excellent good man, and the best stage carpenter there was in England. Was he married? His family's in Manchester. I'll have to telephone them immediately after the performance. What? You really mean you're going on? Certainly I am. And you will do David's job tonight. What? Me? Run the show? Why not? You've seen David do it often enough. And work is what you need. There's no time to think. Now, quickly now. Check the stage for the first scene while I repair my makeup. Go, my child. That's the first portion of the Black Museum. More after these words. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari. I want to remind you to be subscribing to Remind Magazine, the greatest magazine about nostalgia and entertainment. And it's our main sponsor here on Hollywood 360. Each month, Remind puts out a tremendous magazine all about what you like, classic TV, classic radio, classic movies, and they always have a theme. The November theme is all about scandals. Look who's on the cover, Lisa. That's Betty Davis and Joan Crawford, and they had that terrific, terrific teleplay that was on with... uh, Feud. Yeah, Feud. Oh, that was so great. This magazine is for all of our listeners. You have to check this out, folks. You can go to their website, remindmagazine.com, save about 60% off the newsstand price. Or if you're at a Barnes & Noble or a Walmart store, you can pick one of these up at the newsstand. Remind Magazine. I write an article every single issue, and our entire schedule for the month is in these magazines. So you really are getting a great value, remindmagazine.com. Check it out. All right, now the conclusion to Orson Welles in the Black Museum. The play went smoothly. The curtain rose and fell as the actors took their calls. Lucy Ellis, listening to the applause, realized suddenly she was quite calm and self-possessed. 
but her composure was nothing to that of Octavia Kenmore. She descended on the police station not many minutes later. Ah, Miss Kenmore and Mrs. Ellis. Come in, won't you? I am in, Inspector. Now, I expect a full explanation of what you have accomplished by imprisoning my employee these past two hours. Please sit down, ladies. There's plenty of time. Is there? I expect to leave Brighton tomorrow night, taking my stage manager with me. Is he all right, Inspector? He's not in chains or even in a dungeon, Mrs. Ellis. In fact, he's quite comfortable. Oh, thank heavens for that. If you will both be seated, madam. Since you insist. Thank you, Inspector. Well, have you nothing to tell us about this case? I'm waiting at the moment for our pathologist's report. Of course. The autopsy, is it not? Yes, routine police procedure. Well, the man's been shot. That was quite obvious. The bullet is important, particularly in court, to establish the actual weapon. It seemed to me the hand that fired the weapon is a more important consideration. Eventually, Miss Kenmore, and inevitably, I trust. We'd like to know more about uh, Buckland's background, his habits. Did he drink, for example? Despite the general opinion, there are many in the theatrical profession who are not addicted to alcohol, Inspector. Mr. Buckland was a decent man. Octavia Kenmore told the truth about the murdered man, a non-drinker except for an occasional pint of bitter after the show, a devoted family man in an occupation where family relationships are often difficult to maintain. There was nothing to indicate a motive for murder. In all the years with me, I have never known him to miss a single performance. He was a craftsman who could rig and handle any production, heavy or light. With him on the job, my stage managers had an easy time of it. Everyone liked him. His only fault, perhaps, was that he was too loyal to me. We're not being much help to you, are we, Inspector? Oh, yes. You've helped to fill in the picture. I've learned a lot. Oh? What have you learned? Two important things, Miss Kenmore. First, that Buckland was not a man who made enemies. All my reports bear this out. And also, that he was extremely devoted to you. Hmm. You think that's significant? Extremely. You keep a close rein in your company. You should know of any jealousies or quarrels that occurred. I'd know about them, yes. I'm sure of that. You're not the person to tolerate friction or even bad habits in members of your troop. Come in. Pathology report, Inspector. I knew you wanted right away. Thank you, yes. Well, this is interesting. Why wasn't I told of this before? You know what they like in the lab, Inspector. They wanted to be sure. Absolutely sure. I see. Miss Kenmore, can you think of a reason why anyone should want to shoot a dead man? Oh, hardly. A useless procedure. It seems so. Said it happened. Apparently Buckland was dead of strangulation before he was shot. Today, the instrument of that murder, a piece of sash cord, can be found in the Black Museum. It's a good question. Inspector Mitchell repeated it. Can you think of a reason why anyone should want to shoot a dead man? An interesting problem, is it not? The medical report is very definite. Buckland was strangled with a thin piece of rope. Because he wore a scarf about his neck, the marks weren't noticed till they brought him to the lab. He was dead before the bullet ever was fired. Inspector Mitchell then went back to the scene of the crime, the alley beside the theater where the body of Jeffrey Buckland had been found. And with him, at her own insistence, went Octavia Kenmore. What are they looking for, Miss Kenmore? The thin piece of rope, of course. They'll never find it. If the murderer had an ounce of brains, he'll have taken it with him. Oh, it's strange. I don't suppose this alley ever had so much light turned onto it before. 
It was strange, men searching every cranny, their flashlights pointing and probing, picking out grillwork balconies, iron ladders and fire escapes thick with rust, the men themselves silhouetted against the light. Oh, Miss Kenmore? Yes? We found this, caught up in that value's trade. I think it's the weapon. Our lab can tell us definitely, of course. I see. A piece of lash line. What's that? Lash line, did you say? Yes, it's the sort of rope we use backstage to lash the scenery together. Much the same as ordinary clothesline? Or sash cord, yes. Would you be able to identify it as belonging to your stage equipment? Oh, that's hard to say. Miss Kenmore, Inspector. Yes, Lucy? One of the stagehands reported to me tonight. They'd had trouble with one of the sets. The line was too short to make it fast. Could you locate that piece of scenery, Mrs. Ellis? I think so. I told him to leave it on top of the stack so that we could replace it in the morning. Well, let's go on stage then, shall we? Do you know, Miss Kenmore, as a youth, I was strongly attracted to the theatre. Were you indeed, Inspector Mitchell? They moved through the stage door onto the platform. This is the flat, the one with the short lash line. You see how it works, Inspector. The rope is flipped round the iron cleats and tied off at the bottom. So the audience sees only an unbroken wall. I understand perfectly. The core of this rope matches the piece found in the alley. Rust, stains and all. What does that suggest to you, Inspector? There's little doubt in my mind, Miss Kenmore, that the person we want is a member of your own company. Yes, I've decided that for myself some time A ago. member of your company, I think, cut off this cordage to strangle Buckland. And someone else, familiar with these premises, took the pistol from Ellis's desk. Then... You don't think my husband's guilty? I haven't said that, but I must check once more who actually was here, backstage, between the hours of six and seven. I was here myself in my dressing room, and Sneller, the doorkeeper, was on duty. He surely... We took his statement, of course. He uh, seemed a bit evasive now that I think of it. I won't hear a word against him. Sneller's perfectly honest. I take an oath on him. Is he? A remarkably sound sleeper all the same. What do you mean? The extraordinary thing about his story, he claims to have been dozing in his chair. He didn't wake even when a pistol was fired not 30 feet away. I think perhaps I'd better go and visit him. Then I'll come No, Miss Kenmore, not this trip. Investigations of this kind are sometimes dangerous. The old man lived close by the theater. Four flights of well-worn steps led to an attic door. What do you want? What is it? You're Mr. Snellen? I am. We're the police. My name is Mitchell, C.I.D. Should I show you my credentials? No, I, I recognize you, sir. Come inside. John Snellen had no need to be afraid, but it was his nature to be timid. Merely an old man who wanted to avoid trouble. Sometimes when arguments occurred, it was his habit to pretend to be asleep in his cubbyhole behind the stage door. Did you expect me to believe that when a pistol was fired close by you... You didn't even hear it? I can't rightly say this. There's heavy traffic in the street that time of night, you know. If I did hear a noise, I must have took it for a passing car. Yes, I'll admit that's a likely explanation. Perhaps I ought to. Uh, yes, what is it? If there's something you haven't told us, I advise you to come out with it. What had he seen and heard? A trifle. But possibly a trifle of importance. Almost enough to send a man to the gallows. I know I should have spoke of it before, sir, but... Well... It was a little before seven o'clock, and Mr. Buckland was inside near his toolbox, talking to this flashy-dressed young fella. And Mr. Sinjin Carter, he was there too, j just standing by, so to speak. Could you hear what they were saying? No bookmaking in this house. That was what Buckland said. Miss Kenmore won't stand for it. She's strict about such things. Oh, yes, sir. Everyone knows that. Miss Kenmore won't have gambling in her company. 
An actor would get himself discharged if she caught him betting the horses or some such thing. What else did Buckland say? Well, he warned the fellow he'd go straight to Miss Kinmore. He said how this man had been following the company all along with Tour, and Carter and some of the others had been betting with him. But, but that was all. Three of them went out together, still talking. And that was the last you saw of him alive? Yes, sir, it was. And Mr. Carter, sir, it struck me at the time. He came back a little later. Went up to his dressing room, I guess, and then went right out again. But he seemed so cheerful and high-spirited. I thought the gentleman must have settled their differences all right. Carter didn't come back again till he found Buckland's body and called the ambulance. That's right, sir. It begins to make sense, Inspector. Begins to, yes. But why the stage manager's gun? And why shoot a dead man? Why? Why indeed? Why steal a gun to shoot a dead man? Hoping to find the answer to this question, the inspector went to Brighton Jail to call on David Ellis. Look here, Inspector, why are you holding me without a shred of evidence? Won't I be permitted to travel with the company when they leave tonight? It all depends. On what? Your replies to a few questions. Ask them by all means. How much gambling goes on in the company? Not a great deal. Some of the actors bet a few shillings now and then. Actually, their salaries are so small, they can't afford to be reckless. Does uh, Miss Kenmore know about it? <laughs> Not a chance. If she did, we'd have replacements in a matter of minutes. It would follow, then, that an actor who wanted to keep his job would be careful that such information never reached Miss Kenmore. Well, I'd certainly say so. Is there anyone in the company who needed that job badly? But you mean badly enough to commit murder? Yes. I doubt it. Of course, you never know. In troops like this one, most of the supporting cast are either on the way up or down. A dismissal might mean the end of a career. Ellis, has anyone a reason for wanting you out of the way? No. Why? Whatever for? That gun was stolen from your desk, loaded with live ammunition, and after the murder it was left where we'd be sure to find it and hold you responsible. Oh, I can't believe that anyone would do a thing like that. Unless... Unless? No, Inspector, there really isn't anyone. Indeed? Well, there is, though. No matter how clumsily he may have gone about it, I can't help feeling that our murderer has tried to pin his crime on you. For the moment, I'm going to let him think he's succeeded. How do you do that? By keeping you locked safely up here in jail. A short time later, Inspector Mitchell was admitted to Miss Kenmore's suite at the Shorefront Hotel. Any progress to report, Inspector? Not much, I'm afraid. Have you been to see David? I have. I left him in the best of health. Well, why are you holding him? David didn't kill anyone. You know that as well as I do. I'm afraid I don't know it. I've met many murderers in my time, Mrs. Ellis. Most of them look quite as innocent as your husband. Besides, I have a hunch he could be somewhat more cooperative. In what way? Tell me, is there anything you know of that your husband might be concealing? Or some, well, mistaken idea of gallantry? Something perhaps concerning you? Why, no, I hardly think so. I seem to remember a melodramatic little scene I accidentally walked in on. Oh, but that was nothing. Just because Sinjin Carter made some advances to me and David resented it. Oh. That may be more important than you think, Mrs. Ellis. In fact, it may be the piece of information I... Inspector Mitchell thought that he knew the killer at last. But it takes evidence to bring a man to court. Then Miss Kenmore made a helpful suggestion. You said you were a devotee of the theatre, Inspector Mitchell. I am indeed, ma'am. Did you by any chance 
see me as Lady Teasel. I did. A most marvellous performance. Then you recall, of course, the third act. I have something of that sort. A crucial moment in a famous play, when standing behind a screen, the lady overheard a villain's treachery exposed. Such a dramatic device as might be used effectively offstage as well as on. At the theatre before the matinee, the acting out began. Oh, St. John, may I see you a minute? Of course, Lucy, my dear. Not given up hope for Dave, I trust? No, not at all. That's the proper spirit. Still, I understand we're leaving Brighton without him. Oh, please, I'd rather not discuss it. Uh, perhaps in his absence you won't mind so much my paying you little attentions. Like the old days, eh? St. John, Miss Kenmore's waiting. She wants to see you at once. Really? The great Miss Kenmore? Mmm, that sounds ominous. It is. She's breathing fire and brimstone. Is she? And it so happens I come from a long line of fire-eaters. Lead the way, my girl. Octavia Kenmore was seated at her makeup table. Behind her, the tiny dressing room was crowded with trunks and props and costumes. In an alcove, hardly noticed, there stood a screen. Here he is, Miss Kenmore. So I can see, yes. Hello, what's the long face about? Nothing to do with me, I'm sure. You've been placing bets on the races, Mr. Carter. Oh, Therefore, I'm compelled to dispense with your services. Here's your cheque and return fare to London. Your understudy will replace you at the matinee. See here, you, you can't do this. I have a contract. This cheque covers the terms of your contract. Miss Kenmore, whoever told you this was lying? A man in danger of his life seldom lies. If Ellis made this accusation... No, David. Your friend. Your flashily dressed friend who admits to bookmaking. And may shortly admit... To murder. Oh, so Morgan has squealed, has he? If that's the word, yes. I gather he's ready to implicate you. He'll try. That kind always does. He did the killing. He can't drag me in this. I'm afraid you're already implicated quite seriously, Mr. Carter, and by your own words and actions. Oh, well, Inspector Mitchell, isn't it? What sort of game is this? The glorious game of play-acting. Congratulations, Miss Kenmore. A very successful little playlet. You haven't got anything you can prove. Mm, no use bluffing. You took the pistol, didn't you? From Ellis's desk and shot Buckland with it. I didn't kill him. He was dead before. You are under arrest, Mr. Carter, and charged with willful murder. It wasn't me, I tell you. Morgan choked him with that bit of rope when, when Buckland threatened him with the police. Morgan had no license and a previous record, too. It would have been jail for him. He did it, and after that Yes, I... you thought quickly. You tried to take advantage of the situation to frame Ellis so that the field would be clear with his wife. No. No, Carter, you may not have killed anyone... But you are an accessory after the fact, and you did put a bullet through a man's heart. A delicate question for the jury to decide, but I predict you'll pay the penalty. Come along now, and come quietly. Today, that piece of sash cord, properly marked and ticketed, lies in a glass case in the Black Museum. Now here in person is Orson Welles. People of the theater can be, and most often are, fiercely loyal to one another. Octavia Kenmore was such a person, an actress manager who accepted responsibility not only for her company's professional welfare, but for their personal happiness as well. St. John Carter was an exception to the rule. But then his career had an exceptional ending, taking his final bow as he did on a platform 13 steps high at 8 o'clock one winter evening. Well, the murder weapon is on exhibit for all to admire in the famous room at Scotland Yard. And now, until we meet here again for another story from the Black Museum, 
I remain, as always, obediently yours. The Black Museum, starring Orson Welles, is presented by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer Radio Attractions. The program is written by Ara Marion, with original music composed and conducted by Sidney Torch. Produced by Harry Allen Towers. That's the Black Museum from 1952 with the Sash Chord starring Orson Welles, syndicated, originally heard on the Mutual Broadcasting System. Let's take a quick break, then it's more of Hollywood 360 after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Geico presents eyewitness interviews with inanimate objects. This is Belinda Collins, live on the scene of a recent kitchen fire. Here to describe the event, a refrigerator. I was just chilling, keeping some lettuce and dairy products cold, when the toaster starts shooting sparks. Next thing I know, he lit a cabinet on fire. Did you try and stop the flames? Uh, I'm a refrigerator, not a fireman. Your refrigerator can't help with a kitchen fire, but the Geico Insurance Agency can help you get covered for personal property damage. Go to geico.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. At Stage.com, we have fresh deals every day with even more new looks arriving all the time. Like the latest styles from Calvin Klein, Jessica Simpson, Adidas, Skechers, Carters, and more. And amazing beauty finds from Estee Lauder and Clinique. Plus, our mobile app and incredible sales give you even more ways to save. There's always something new at Stage.com. Value at your fingertips. Style delivered right to your door. Stage.com. You're up before O Dark 30. You don't ask for medals or even a pat on the back. But if all your hard work is indeed its own reward, then consider the new Ram Limited Tungsten Edition as a bonus. Natura Plus leather seating, premium projector headlamps, suede headliner, packaged in the highly capable, hardworking truck you'd expect from Ram. Keep doing what you do, but who says you can't do it in a nicer truck? The new Ram Limited Tungsten, the most luxurious Ram truck ever. Ram is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Amazon Cyber Monday Deals Week is on now with deals across every department. That's all the deals you're looking for all in one place, available wherever you are. Plus, get free shipping on over 100 million items with eligible orders over $25, only at Amazon. Good times. Amazon Cyber Monday Deals Week, now through December 2nd. Duralast batteries are proven tough in the most extreme conditions. They're tested to start in 140 degree heat or temperatures of 40 below. Yep, they're that tough. So if they can do that, they can definitely perform for your nephew's soccer game. Work through a scattered thunderstorm or be dependable on Sunday afternoon trips to the grocery store. Because no matter what the weather's like, it's nice to know that you've got a proven tough Duralast battery under the hood. Duralast, proven tough and sold only at AutoZone. Let's get you what you need. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Black Friday's over, but not at Ace, where you can get big savings all weekend. Get up to 50% off select gifts throughout the store. Plus, save 50% on 300-count Celebrations LED Christmas lights, now just $9.99 after instant savings. And for even more savings, print out our online coupon to save $10 on your purchase of $50 or more. This weekend only at your neighborhood Ace. Coupon valid on November 25th and 26th. Limit one. Exclusions apply. Lights offer valid for Ace Rewards members at participating stores. 
Your brain is an amazing thing, but as you get older, it naturally begins to change, causing a lack of sharpness or even trouble with recall. Thankfully, the breakthrough in Prevagen helps your brain and actually improves memory. The secret is an ingredient originally discovered in jellyfish. In clinical trials, Prevagen has been shown to improve short-term memory. Prevagen, the name to remember. Now available in stores everywhere. Statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, this is Carl Amari. These classic radio shows are direct from master recordings and digitally remastered. It's very important to me to offer you the best sound quality. We license these classic radio shows from the owners and estates for the privilege of using their master recordings as our source material so that we can pass that great sound quality on to you. Oh, you can find classic radio shows sold on the Internet from companies that are not authorized to sell them, but you'll often be disappointed by the inferior sound quality. If you enjoy listening to and collecting great sound quality classic radio shows, we've set up a website just for you at ClassicRadioStore.com so you can enjoy them anytime, anywhere. Log on to ClassicRadioStore.com to download your favorites to your smartphone, computer, or any listening device. We offer thousands of digitally remastered classic radio shows, uncut and unedited, including the original commercials, delivered to you instantly via digital download. Log on to ClassicRadioStore.com and start collecting all your favorites in brilliant sound quality. That's ClassicRadioStore.com. Hi, Carl Amari here for Remind Magazine, America's monthly blast from the past. Each month, Remind Magazine focuses on a pop culture theme from the 1950s through the 1980s, covering a wide spectrum of topics from Marilyn Monroe to Marilyn Manson. In every 50-plus page issue of Remind Magazine, you'll find dozens of puzzles, movie posters, trivia contests, classic comics, crossword puzzles, vintage advertisements for products from days gone by, and much more. And every issue features my column, Radio 360 where I focus on a celebrity from Hollywood's golden age and write about his or her radio work. And next to my article is the monthly schedule of the classic radio shows I'll be playing each month so you'll never miss your favorites. Remind Magazine is available at Barnes & Noble and Walmart stores throughout the country. But because I write for this magazine, I'll let you in on a little secret. You can get Remind Magazine for about 60% less than the newsstand price by ordering it online at RemindMagazine.com. Visit RemindMagazine.com and subscribe today. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Next week, we begin our Christmas programming with the adventures of Sherlock Holmes, the Aldrich Family, California Caravan, Dragnet, Fibber McGee and Molly, and Suspense. From my team here at Hollywood 360, thank you all very much for tuning in. Stay safe. We'll see you next time.